The hosts, Rob Velazzi and Jason Dominique, and their guests are not financial advisors unless otherwise disclaimed. The content on Today at Ember is for educational and entertainment purposes only and merely cite their own personal opinions. Know that all investments involve some form of risk. Please work with an investment professional. And now, on to today's episode with Today at Ember. Good afternoon, happy Thursday, and of course, happy new year. This is the very first episode of 2022. For Today at Ember, I am your host, Rob Velazzi, head of communications. Happy to be speaking to you live from quarantine. And I'm also joined by my co-host, who's live at one of our uh, businesses' homes in the British Virgin Islands, our head of strategy, Jason Dominique. Jason, how are you doing today, buddy? And happy new year. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, I'm doing, uh, doing amazing. The view here is absolutely uh, beautiful. And um, yeah, I've actually spent the whole holidays here with my girlfriend. And we uh, took this, uh, this time for uh, some little R&R, but ultimately ended up working still and meeting with uh, some partners here. But uh, it's nice. There's no COVID here, which is very different from Florida here, Rob. And just so you folks know too as well, if we have some technical issues, Jason is in the British Virgin Islands. Uh, the internet connection there isn't the best. We also too are going to have some special guests brought to you as well today. Andrew Cunningham, he'll be joining us a little bit later with some exciting announcements. But first, I do want to speak with Jason about I mean, how bullish we are for, for 2022 and, and what we see coming forward on the horizon. We have some excellent products you know, in place for the next, for quarter one. And really, our vision for you know when it comes to creators going from ideation to launch, what those resources and tools will be, and that that vision really is crystallized. Jason, do you want to kind of get into that and and what that means for the future and some of the stuff we have coming on the horizon? Yeah, I, I was just uh, going over uh, a few minutes ago, Rob and I, on sort of the uh, retrospective that we did last year and how we you know started working in December on how and sort of what we're going to be focusing on in 2022 and we've been saying you know this high level mission where it's all about you know helping people go from ideation to launch and now you know a lot of you have been saying you know so so how is this going to take shape and you know how does the launch pad fit into all of this how does the crowd sale and all those sorts of tools that we've been sort of expressing to all of you? But I think that fundamentally, I think our, our positioning has crystallized in regards to what we want to build and how we want to build it and how we, we actually want to bring it into market as well. So as Rob is saying, we're extremely bullish about these next couple of quarters coming specifically in regards to, as you know, we've been building this uh, buy button, which still has a TBD name in the works. But I think where where I want to head with this is, if you're familiar with the startup space, pretty much a lot of those things that can help a business, you know, launch, have been around for I would probably say you know a decade. And a lot of these services have matured and have pretty much plateaued. You know, if you look at, um, and we're referring to uh, Stripe often, but 
this is basically one of the sort of inspiration for us because, you know, I personally was there when they first started. And before them, there wasn't really anything other than like your classic PayPal and things like that. So their journey into building software so that entrepreneurs like like myself back then didn't have to build it because it just didn't make sense for entrepreneurs to build their own, you know, API driven or hosted payment gateways. But a lot of them still did because they wanted to create the best experience possible. They wanted to also, you know, control the experience of the customer. And this is the same kind of thing that we're driven by, you know, we want to make sure that entrepreneurs that are launching project, they control the experience and that they can also offer the best in class, you know, flow and experience for their investors, their customers. So this suite of tools that are going to be through sort of a freemium SaaS approach that can actually be charged on a recurring monthly basis using crypto, it's really forward thinking. And these are things that we're going to be working on right now. So it's very much uh, something that is within reach right now. And we're super excited about that. Jason, I do agree. I mean, the products and services with, with such an emphasis to on just even on the investor end, when it comes to discovery and being able to navigate a space that's like this, that's so segmented, really gives you know creators a leg up that's something that they don't have now. And also with that ease of accessibility, doing what we're doing you know, with the buy button, these are things that are you know, already a standard that's expected when it comes to anything that's on you know, the web commerce world as we speak. And to be able to have you know, really not just these things no longer just be vaporware or you know, ideas that are in the ether. These are things that we've really actually locked down, products and services that we're going to be able to deliver, software as a service most especially. And this is no longer things in our prototype phase. I mean, we're going to start seeing these products launch within the next month or two, at least in a beta format. And the speed of which we're working, I think you know, there's always levels, you know, room for improvement. If you want to talk a little bit later about you know how we're onboarding more people on development side of things to be able to get this rolling, but I mean, when it comes to our vision and our roadmap, which we'll be releasing, I think we're moving at a speed that this sector, crypto, the pace that it moves at, which is I'd say ten times faster than than you'd have in a normal commerce space. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the hardest thing to uh, comprehend is the speed at which the space is moving, both on the expectations from the community, the customer, the investors, but also to be able to ramp up on the other side. And that has proven to be something of a challenge, you know, uh, in terms of HR. And our goals are to reach X and Y and Z in terms of, of milestone. But to be able to deliver those, we need to find and get access to talent in multiple different uh, spheres of expertise, whether on the front end, whether on the back end, whether on the design, to really reach and deliver on those roadmaps. So this is sort of what we've been reflecting on 
in the last couple of weeks, which is starting at the beginning of the project, what were the hurdles in terms of you know product delivery and design and all those sorts of things? And how can we make sure that going forward, these aren't issues anymore and that we can move at the speed of crypto, but also have access to world-class talent? And we're happy to say, you know, that yes, we've been able to uh, find solutions for this. And, you know, you as a community will be able to see product delivery that are going to be coming out at extreme, you know, uh, speed, but without losing any quality. Because with speed, sometimes what happens is that you have to accept a lower quality in terms of product or design or, or development, which, as you know, and you know, Rob, we've we've discussed this many, many times in regards to Ember. It's all about best in class, you know. So, um, yeah. And I do agree when it comes to you know this happens a lot. People see it when it comes to you know most tech companies when they're delivering new versions of applications or new products. They're always trying to hit a deadline. And for those that work that work in development, you know the the idea of you know they have a scrum manager and they do these things called development sprints, where literally they lock themselves in a room for four hours at a day to just make sure they pile through this sprint to be able to have a deliverable at the end of the week. And a lot of times the quality suffers. So, you know, we want to be able to work at that kind of pace and speed and deliver on our promises. That's, you know, the part of what this podcast is about, but to do so without, without the trade-off being quality. And so this is something that's all too familiar. And I'm sure people, you know, the idea of delays and stuff that needs to be, you know, patched and updated, whether that's in the tech world, the finance world, even something with like Ethereum 2.0, which, you know, we've been waiting now for what, a year and a half that's been delayed and, and pushed back again. So, you know, we, we want to use their experience to drive our decision making. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to take, you know, um, this opportunity to probably hint at a few things that, you know, we believe are going to be staples in the DeFi space that Ember is going to be bringing. You know, you're, you're well aware of, uh, you know, our, our checkout interface that we uh, we're refining and fine tuning right now. And uh, we're actually also putting together all the, the steps and, and the processes to, uh, to put together uh, what we could call, you know, a sales team that will go out there and connect with all these great projects, but unfortunately are suffering from this lack of options. And you see these leading projects without naming any of them, but uh, you know you just have to look at uh, you you can go on on coin market cap and you look at the leading daily you know volumes in terms of you know what is performing on pancake swap and you can see that a lot of those projects have millions of dollars of trading every single day. but then when you go on their website, they basically either they put a link and they direct you off-site to go to the decentralized exchange to purchase their asset, or they basically just write the token address and you figure it out from there, You know, which is even worse. So this is definitely something we feel is going to be a massive staple. But then again, also, and you know, these, these ideas and these needs and these opportunities, 
often arise, and this is the case for multiple highly successful startups. If you take an example with Slack, which used to be a game development company and a very unsuccessful one, you know, uh, the founder uh, initially, Stuart Butterfield, um, started Flickr. He sold Flickr and then he went on to do game development. But what he realized is that communications, you know, internal communication, were at the all-time worst uh, because everybody was sending out emails to everyone and then where's the thread and what who said what the latest and it was so complicated and they just decided you know what we're going to build something internally and we're we're going to be using that and ultimately other you know agencies other startups they were like what are you guys using oh we we built this in, internally and that's, you know, when you scratch your own itch, sometimes you realize that the problem that you're actually experiencing is not so different than a lot of other projects, you know, the problems that they're experiencing. So it comes down to a lot of things that we're experiencing, you know, as entrepreneurs in this space. And we always told you that, you know, this podcast is the prime example of what we're learning every single week and sometimes what we learn is you know products and opportunities that we're going to gun for we're just going to you know we feel that it's such a pain point for us that it has to be a pain point for hundreds if not thousands of other projects out there and one of those things and this is where I want to hint at this is an old saying that's that's that necessity is the mother of invention and you know, us even doing this podcast on a day to day basis, even as we talk through and even after the podcast, some of these things sprout inspiration for a lot of these deliverables that we want to that you're about to get into. Yeah, and uh, you know, we're going to keep some materials for the uh, upcoming shows, but we've been tinkering around and we've been building requirements for something we feel that pretty much every single token out there will be using beyond even like the checkout. Because the fundamental of operating, uh, you know, operating a token sort of powered startup in, in the crypto space is that it's very much fintech driven in the sense that it's all transaction based. You know, you have everything that's on the blockchain, and if you want to know about how your token is behaving, like in all the insights and the stats and the reporting, where do you actually go to get that information? You know, because me and you, Rob, you know, as as you know, head of communication, you need to have access to data if you want to make enlightened decision on the moment that are easily accessible. And I'm sure you can you 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 can elaborate on you know what type of data you could need. But ultimately, every single person within an organization needs to have access to data. And our business relies on token data. And unfortunately, there is nothing out there that gives us sort of an overview of how our token is behaving in all the different aspects of the token. And we think that, oh... We have a special guest this morning. We have Andrew, who's just joined in. Andrew Cunningham. Andrew, Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year, Rob. Uh, good morning. Uh, or good afternoon, I should say, where you guys are over there. And uh, yeah, Happy New Year to you, Rob. And uh, also to you, Jason. And Happy New Year to everybody listening and watching. 
No, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks, uh, Andrew. It's it's a bit early for you uh, today, but thanks for joining. It's it's always a pleasure to have you. You know, join the show. And Rob and I were just going over some um, some things. You know that we were sort of considering for this year. And I was just wrapping up on. You know, sometimes I have some some rants on on this product that we're you know about to you know start working on, which is you know, an insights and reporting dashboard for anyone working on or uses a token to drive their business, which at the end of the day, you know, and Andrew, you can you you can obviously elaborate on this as well. Any business or any person at any part of their roles and responsibility needs data. And unfortunately, what we found is that in this space currently, it's very hard for us to easily have uh, access to these insights and data to run our business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, data is is so critical. And as you said, people just don't have that. So, you know, one of the things that we're really looking to try and do is is bring that to them. It's an interesting blend between technology and crypto. You know, we, we've, we've long thought that the crypto industry as a whole really needs more, you know, technology. It needs that side, that blend, and that's one of the things that we're really trying to bring. Um, you know, we've got a lot of experience in technology delivery with yourself, Jason, with myself, and also with James. And it, it's going to be really exciting this year to try and um, you know bring that to the fore. You know, we've been around now for about a month and a half. As a project, it feels like a lot longer because we have been working on this project for a little bit longer than that. But there are a lot of things that I guess we're working on in the background. And, you know, I do know that crypto is down at the moment. We all know that it's a red time for crypto. However, um, you know, personally, I'm not looking at the charts because, you know, we, we see what we're doing and we're confident in, as you said, the dashboard and a number of other products that we're working on and where that can lead us to. Yeah. And I think we can take this opportunity while you're there because I know you've been... Because we all saw your uh, message to the community with James and we were all curious. I mean, I know, but a lot of the community doesn't because you were hinting at... We've been you know, talking about the app. We've been talking about the Ember Buy button. We were talking about ember.org. So I think it's a great opportunity for you to maybe, you know, give a few insights into what has been discussed. I mean, what we uh, are feeling comfortable, you know, telling to the community. Yeah, look, I guess there's sort of three or four main things that we're focusing on at the moment, you know, really pushing out that the buy button or the Ember box as it is. You know, we've got this really elegant you know, method on our website at the moment around how to purchase tokens in Ember. And we want to expand that into, um, you know, being able to purchase using credit card. We have a partner for that uh, in Wire. And we've mentioned this a few times, obviously. And, um, you know, obviously, Jason, you've been involved in, in that relationship and yourself as well, Rob. You've been involved in that, which, um, you know, I really appreciate. And, you know, th- there's a lot there that we're going to be doing you know, into this year with Wire. And I won't go into too much depth, but also uh, there's a few things that we're going to be doing with with Hacken, the organization that did, you know, obviously the, the security testing around our, our contracts, uh, smart contracts and so forth. So 
there's some really exciting things coming around that. So that you'll you know, soon be able to purchase tokens using your credit card directly from our website. And we think that that's going to be a really critical point because, you know, at the moment, if you go and tell one of your friends or family, hey, you know, go buy some Ember, you know, someone wants to, to buy 200 bucks worth of Ember tokens. It's a really complex, convoluted process to do that at the moment. And, you know, we all know that crypto has that, you know, complex touch point. You know, you've got to go and buy this from here and then you've got to convert it to here. And then you've got to go to this pancake swap thing and someone has a laugh and you're like, no, no, don't laugh. I've got to explain this to you. It's really important. Go to pancake swap and do this and then get this. And then you got to go and get yourself some maple syrup and then you got to do this and then you got to go on to here. <laughs> and it's like, what are you t- I just want to buy 200 bucks worth of token, man. I don't want to spend a day and a half doing this. And we've all been there, right? So we want to fix this. We want to try and resolve this. And not just for us, you know, I guess greedily from a sense, I want to make it easier for people to buy Ember tokens. But, you know, there's a problem here that we want to look at for a lot of crypto projects. And, you know, there's something there that we're trying to solve with uh, Wire and uh, with Hacken. And it's going to be really exciting as that starts to come to the fore in this first quarter. So that's one of the things, obviously. And looking at the app itself, how we actually work through and pull together the, the Ember app. That's something that James has been really working through quite closely. And he and I spent a bit of time over Christmas, over the break doing that, and uh, also in person. And, um, you know, it's going to be exciting to see that come together because when we put this app out, it's not just an app for Ember. It's an app for, you know, the, the whole BSC chain. So you'll be able to actually follow and track hundreds, thousands of projects, you know, on BSC. And we'll then also be actually pushing that into Matic and Ethereum networks. So using one app, you'll be able to follow multiple projects on multiple chains. And we're actually building that future proofed as well to actually potentially become a wallet in the future. Um, you know, we could make it a wallet today if we wanted to, but we don't want to do that because we think it's important to, to crawl before you walk. You know, there's a lot of security aspects around seed traces and so forth in in becoming a wallet. So we just want to start simple and start easy and make that an app that allows you to track projects. But, you know, when we consider the power of using that, um, you know, buy option with credit card without having to jump in and, and do all of those, you know, pancake things, you know, we think there's going to be some, some really cool things there. When I talk about that buy, um, you know, that buy button, you know, purchasing Ember with credit card, I think, you know, I should say that we are actually looking at extending that to be able to purchase just about any, you know, token uh, on the market. So this is not going to be something that is specific just to purchasing Ember from our website. But um, the way we're setting that up, you'll be able to buy just about any any token on the market out there. So we're going to make some significant gains. And when we've gone through some of, uh, you know, what we're doing with some some major industry players, they've looked at what we're doing and they've sort of said, you can't do this. And we've shown, you know, what we're doing and how we're doing. And we've shown proof of technology and proof of capability. Um, you know, and some of the companies, companies that have said you can't do this and now partnered with us to do it. So it's an exciting time, but the, the app is coming along really well. Um, you know, and, and being able to track different projects and, you know, you know, create watch lists and do all of those sorts of things. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Andrew, do you maybe want to get into, since I have both of you guys on here, I know that, you know, for January and February are some really big months for when it comes to product launches. When our app, which we were trying to deliver, if you want to get them an idea of time frame, if there will be a beta testing to start off with, it'll be closed and an open beta test. What will be the process there and what can some of our investors and 
people out there in the space expect to see and how that, how that will be actually launched? Yeah, absolutely, um, Rob. We are looking at doing a beta period. I think it's always a good thing to do that. Um, you know, at this point in time, we're looking to do a beta towards the end of January, middle of February. So it'll be a closed beta initially. You know, we do have the capacity to, to probably onboard about maybe 500 to 1,000 people during that closed beta period. So, and as I said, you know, we're, we're looking at actually bringing this not just to Ember community, but there, there's also potential there where we could bring that to, to people that, you know, external to the Ember community who want to track other projects as well or track a project that is uh, perhaps doesn't have their own app and most, you know, don't. So, you know, we're looking at that sort of late January, you know, uh, early, mid-February, be able to put a, a closed beta out and, uh, you know, we'll be tracking that along as we go. But that could also impact depending on, you know, what we do with this, this buy button. There's still a little bit of work to do around that, you know, and then there's, there's work that we're also engaged in with uh, Ember.org. And I know, Jason, you've mentioned that probably a couple of times, but um, we probably haven't gone into full detail yet. Uh, around what we're doing there. But, you know, we, we do have a very, I guess, busy product schedule. Uh, and I know for myself and for you, Jason, you know, product delivery is where some of our capabilities lie. So it's going to be a really interesting, you know, first quarter because we're really hoping to bring together, you know, bring to market in the first quarter what, you, you know, tr- your traditional tech company would, would bring to market in the first year or two. Um, you know, we're really hoping to actually bring that aggressively forward uh, you know in, in crypto timelines jason anything you want to add to that as well fun times ahead <laughs> to be honest sometimes i'm like oh um you know honey did 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 you listen to the podcast lately she's like well i don't have time and oh sometimes i'm happy she doesn't listen yeah, exactly you said this on the podcast and i was thinking how are you going to do that <laughs> You're like, she's like, I won't be seeing you for a long time. <laughs> what is this thing? You know, it's, it's, they say you'll be busy for the next, you know, six months. <laughs> uh, yeah, I promise you, we'll be able to take some holiday. I promise you. Well, well to be fair, you just had a bit of a rest. You just had a bit of a rest, to be fair. So, um, you know, I saw some of the photos there and I was vicariously living through some of those cocktails you were drinking. No comment. <laughs> no, I think it's actually really good that everyone has a bit of a, a break, you know, over the Christmas and New Year period. Even though we're we're very busy, and I know that we've continued to work and, and do things, but we've also had a little bit of family time, which I think is really good. You know, coming into what's going to be a very busy quarter and a busy year, I think it's good that we we regenerate some of the batteries. But um, yeah, it's going to be going to be exciting. And just just to, to clarify, because I know some people are kind of seeing some questions out there from the community. I understand too the relationship with Wire when it comes to. I mean, our buy button as of right now works right through their wallet. Well, the fiat part of it is going to be you know when you can actually buy with a credit card using our partner with Wire. They're projected to have that launched probably sometime mid to end of this month. Do you guys want to talk about on what maybe the timeline might be and what we can expect? What products? Is there going to be an emphasis on the buy button first and then the tracker app? Is this ember.org going to be the last puzzle piece in this in this combination of products? Do you guys want to kind of lay that out a little bit more about how what they can expect and, and how that really relates to how we generate revenue as a company? Yeah, for sure. I mean, 
In regards to, um, I mean, there's multiple different elements in there, Rob. Obviously, you know, we we won't have time in in this podcast to go over every single element. But one thing is for sure is we've been very much aligned months before uh, you know Wire was ready to release this uh, BSC. I don't know how to call it, but you know, ma- making sure that BSC is is that works on wire on board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, um, now how is this going to sort of, uh, be delivered on our end? One thing is for sure is that we need to get the app out first and it's always been sort of our, our roadmap. Uh, but know that in the background, these elements of making sure that wire is integrated, uh, and that we have on ramp and then, even beyond on-ramp, which is how can we take the fiat and purchase those BEP20 tokens? This is all mapped out and you know, it's just a question of, of, of working on it. And as I said earlier in the show, I think the, the biggest challenge, which is always one of the biggest challenge for any startup, is talent. And right now, this is where we want to focus and double down and now, you know, obviously that we've successfully raised sufficient amount of, of funds to get things delivered, we're doubling down on talent. And this is what is going to start, you know, appearing, you know, you know, the, 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 the size of our team is going to dramatically change. And ultimately, with revenue generating products, we'll also be able to scale much faster than what our initial pre-sales have been able to uh, give us in terms of runway. Andrew, anything you want to add to that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that, Jason. And it's, I think the people watching and listening at the moment are probably looking at you know some of the things that we're doing and, and, and really hoping that we can actually go north at a time where the market is probably a little bit red. And I think the way to do that is to, to skip away from, you know, projects that I guess, you know, meme or just, you know, names or, or you know, or, or, or brands that are, are moving and progressing because of, of what they, they say, not because of what they do. And, and we're really looking to be, you know, different to that because, you know, we want to be something that is viable, you know, long-term. And this was always always been the case, you know, with this project. This is why there is, you know, an extensive vesting period, you know, six months for the public and and nine months for the private period. And, you know, that vesting period is is something that gets brought up a lot. And it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, You know, it's a bad thing because at a point in time where the industry is a little bit red, it means that you do have money invested in something. But it's also a good thing because, you know, at the point that we bring a lot of this product together and we start to actually push to market, we think this is going to bring some candles to our project. You know, this is going to you know push us in a really good you know forward momentum. And the benefit there is that people will have you know tokens invested that they may not otherwise have had. They may have already exited potentially. So you know, we're all in this together. You know, we all have investment of time, money, tokens, effort, and everything else in between. And, you know, we also have investment of you know, reputation. Reputational investment is a very, you know, uh, I guess, significant investment to some extent as well. So, you know, 
it's an interesting start to the year. It's you know, the 7th of January and, uh, you know, we're coming up to, I think, Monday, the 10th of January, and that's when a lot of people will be starting to go back to work again. And I think the year starts to really, you know, become whole around them. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of things happening. We're bringing on design partners. We're bringing on new engineers. You know, we're going into a really busy phase. And I know, you know, Jason, you'll be uh, back on deck again, you know, full-time next week, which is really exciting. And I'm really looking forward to that and uh, to having a lot of your direction and guidance, you know, in the, in this, you know, executive team as you've been giving, you know, to us, uh, you know, gracefully for the past couple of months. So it, it's going to be a good time, I think, moving forward. And uh, I'm, you know, really bullish on, uh, you know, working through that. And just to add to that too as well, regardless of, you know, the charts up, down or sideways, right now a little bit red, but everything that we've done when it comes to our vesting period and when it comes to even now we have staking and you know soon to have a, a liquidity pool staking coming you know very shortly as well that really we've designed this project to work in parallel with the entire crypto space the entire sector as opposed to being in tandem with it because a lot of these projects you know as you can see once you know some some you know as you mentioned before uh, Andrew that whether they're just on name or hype only that you know when some of them when one of them takes a dive the entire market takes a hit and we really are designing this and approaching this as a way that we're not really going to be entirely working in tandem with these other projects on the same way they're doing it so that way we can focus entirely on having deliverables adding to the liquidity delivering on promises and with tools like staking and vesting in place it keeps people from, you know, making emotional choices and emotional decisions. We're being very generous when it comes to these APY awards because, you know, people are putting trust in this project and it gives us the ability to really hedge against volatility to work and, and deliver on our vision. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, listening in to what Andrew was mentioning in regards to, you know, the vesting and everything, I think, I think yes, initially, you know, a lot of people you know, mention that it's something new and obviously uh, they weren't quite used to being locked into something. But one thing that I want to add is, and I want to share this um, milestone that we've, you know, been able to hit is, you know, the vesting was something that was sort of mandatory. You know, if you wanted to get in early at an an advantageous price, you had to agree to vesting. But now that we've, you know, we've been out and we've worked and released staking, which is something that is totally voluntary, you know, no one's forcing you to lock in your token for X amount of time. What we've been seeing in terms of behavior is that, you know, beyond yes, the fact that you can earn a passive income by just, you know, holding your tokens and staking them, you know, the broader message that we're hearing is that no matter how the market behaves, people trust in us. And, you know, the milestone we've been tracking, you know, this amount of stake tokens that has just been, you know, almost doubling every single week. And I think I don't have the latest figures, but I'm pretty confident that we're probably almost very near like 14 or 15 million tokens. We've reached 12 million tokens staked uh, probably last week. And maybe you have some latest figures, Andrew, but um, this is absolutely astonishing in terms of data. 
Yeah, it, unfortunately, I don't have any further update on that, but it is astonishing. You know, it's it's such a, a significant portion of vested tokens that are going into staking. And what that tells us is, you know, that people enthusiastic and confident about the roadmap, um, you know, that we're, we're undertaking around, um, you know, the delivery cycle that this project is working to achieve. And it's a positive thing. And, you know, it's, it is well heard and, you know, we appreciate that a lot as a founding team and, um, you know, as a project. It's significant. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you know, your folks that are listening, you'll be like, well, why don't you know the exact amount of tokens that are being staked? And, you know, how much time are they, you know, being staked and all those sorts of things? Well, it goes back to exactly what I mentioned before. You know, us operating this business don't have you know, it's not an easy thing to know these these information, but we do need them. So this is the reason why we will be doubling down on this dashboard product to, you know, provide us, yes, as project leaders, but also other projects out there, they'll be able to have access to their token data, you know, um, at their fingertips on demand. Yeah, I don't think that's funny because that actually was going to be my segue because it was right into what you were talking about previously is that unfortunately, there is no way for a project to really have a one one place to get a complete picture of what's happening with, with the token, who's staking, how long their staking periods are for, how the token is performing. Again, just like when it comes to communications on the project or, or hiring talent, even that something that's so small as simple collection of, of data of how your business is operating, even that is entirely segmented. So and this goes you know, full circle back to what really we're about here at Ember is this really being a gateway to the decentralized world, whether that's you as, an, as a creator going from mitigation to launch, or you is either a seasoned investor who, who understands this like the back of their hand or someone who's brand new. We believe that Ember will be that solution that fills the gap. As you said, you know, what we believe around Ember, and that's what it comes down to. You know, everyone in the team believes this, the community believes this, and that that's what fuels us to progress forward. No, absolutely. And just so you guys understand too, thank you for bearing with us. We are literally broadcasting and recording live from three different countries, two different hemispheres, and we have uh, executive teams here for, for that really cover, you know, both sides of the world. And when it comes to you know ramping up and 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 really bringing on especially the development side of things, I think when it comes to design and copy and the creative part, we really got that locked down. And right now, with getting into engineering and development, ramping that up and the level of leadership that that requires, and the two of you do have the experience. And when it comes to you know really launching applications, you know and having those deliverables. And right now, since we are ramping up, we're having some changes internally about how the company is actually structured. Do you guys want to get a little bit of discussion on that and what the solution you came up with? Yeah, I might jump into that, Rob. I think um, I think everybody sees just how integral and how busy Jason, you know, has been in in this project from from day one. I know that you know for myself as as CEO, it's been you know greatly appreciated all of the work and and the contributions that you know Jason has made. Uh, and the experience that that he brings to this project. So I think now is probably a good time to announce that Jason is actually going to be taking on a co-CEO role with myself. So Jason and I will will actually run the CEO role together. And uh, I think it's 
a really good thing that we're doing this. Jason has effectively been doing a lot of this work anyway, um, you know, uh, working quite closely on the strategy side, working on a lot of the partnership side of things. And it's uh, really good for me. I, I'm in a different time zone, as most of you know, to where a lot of, you know, EST is where a lot of work is done. And that is Jason's time zone, which means there's a lot of meetings, a lot of sessions, a lot of conversations that Jason can have with people, um, you know, while I'm still sound asleep, which has happened to date. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to really enjoy, you know, sharing that position together, particularly, you know, where I'm going to be a lot more focused around, you know, product delivery and some of those sorts of mechanisms. And Jason's very much focused on strategy and partnerships. And uh, I think we're going to do well together in a different time zone to execute you know, that role within the organization as, as best to both of our abilities. So yeah, so now is a good time to introduce Jason as the co-chief executive uh, with myself and uh, a warm welcome to that role for you, Jason. Thanks, Andrew. Well, I mean, like you're saying, you know, uh, this is something, titles are titles. Ultimately, you know, I... Um, you know, I've I've clicked on the YouTube thing to say that wasn't going to be a kids show. So um, my title has always been I get shit done. So uh, it doesn't matter the title, but ultimately, like you're saying, you know, this is, and I think one of the reason actually why we've been able to perform so well is that a lot of our roles are very, you know, are not necessarily our roles, but our backgrounds are very complementary, and we've been able to actually run this business twenty four hours a day seven days a week. And while I'm asleep, you're running the ship. While you're asleep, I'm running the ship. And you know what we've noticed is that this sort of cadence, this sort of rhythm, we want to keep it going. And sometimes having you, you know, not being present to have those executive decisions and to push things faster has sort of dragged us in in some situations where I wasn't sort of in position to actually say, yeah, let's do it. So right now with this change and this, you know, me being able to be more executive on, on some of those high level decisions just means that, you know, broadly speaking for the community and the project, we're just going to be able to move even faster. And that's, that's the actual bottom line. You know, we're always assessing what is a bottleneck? How can we make sure it's no longer there, you know, on, on standups or, you know, broadly speaking, you know, looking forward down the track, uh, what is stopping us, you know, and how can, you know, we be more efficient? So all of these uh, things we're constantly thinking about. So um, very much happy to now bear this title, but um, it's not going to change anything in terms of the organization other than making it even more performant and uh, faster going. But Thanks for this, Andrew, and thanks for the whole team. Yeah, as you said, it just it just relates to some of the bottleneck. Yeah, absolutely. No, it just releases some of the bottleneck around decision making and so forth. You know, you don't need to refer, and it also means that for some of the the partners that we're working with and some of the meetings that we have, you know, they know that they're talking to a key decision maker. So it also means that you know we progress um, further, you know, quicker, and and everything we can do, as you said, to progress, you know, quicker forward is a good thing. No, absolutely. I, I couldn't be more excited. And I think that, you know, really it's, you know, like Jason was saying as, as a title and name only, when it comes to the general public and how the company operates, you know, this, this is a smooth process. No one will notice really any changes. 
it's just more of a way to, to, as you said, for to have some clarity to when it comes to our partners and when it comes to, you know, you know, our potential, you know, clients in the future. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. You guys want to add anything else? I know we have not only much questions from the community for you guys. You guys want to add anything else before we get out of here? I know this has been an exciting year happening, 2022 deliverables that we have going on. We are really bullish. Regardless of what the charts say, we always see the horizon and we're pushing forward. You guys want to add anything before we get out of here? Look, when you say, you know, we are bullish and regardless of the charts, that there's some small part of me that that loves the challenge. You know, we have everything that we need to our disposal to, to execute on this. And sometimes the further read the charts are, the more opportunity it gives to an organization or to a group like us who is uh, looking quite, um, you know, steadily at progressing, you know, product development to market and, you know, utility development and services. So, you know, I see this as a massive benefit because people are going to be looking for projects that are actually working to achieve things, not just have a, a pretty logo or a pretty name. So, you know, as things go red, I see this as opportunity for, you know, funds and for investment, um, you know, to funnel into strong projects like ours and like other ones, you know, at market. So um, I'm really bullish on where we're going in 2022. I think we have a fantastic team and uh, I think we, we've got a lot of opportunity ahead of us. There'll be a lot of hard work. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to being more involved even than, than what I already have been, but also being um, you know, a deeper conduit to the community as well. And so sort of jumping on today at Ember, maybe once a month or something and, and giving some updates and just uh, letting people know that um, I'm working and, and we're, we're doing things. And uh, I'm really enthused with the staking and uh, the level of I guess, commitment that the community is showing around that. I know that for me, all of my tokens are staked. You know, that's an important personal decision for me to make. And uh, I'm looking at over the horizon at what we can achieve together as a team and as a community. Andrew, well said. Thank you so much for for all that you've doing. Uh, I can't wait to spend the rest of this new year with you. We're happy to have you as a guest anytime. Jason, do you want to add anything else there as our new co-CEO as a sign out? I'm ready to rock and uh, be back uh, full throttle on Monday and uh, really looking forward to uh, yeah this crazy ass uh, quarter one that is ramping up to be absolutely mental, but uh, we love it. That's what we do and that's why we do this. Awesome. Fantastic. And next week, we'll be back here on all four, all on 12 cylinders. This is Today at Ember. You can catch us live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you happen to miss us live, you can always catch us where you get your favorite podcast, whether that is on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, even Amazon Music. Catch us on Facebook, YouTube. Regardless of the platform, Twitch, we will be here. My name is Rob Velazzi, Head of Communications of The Ember Project here with one of your hosts and with my co-host and now co-CEO, Jason Dominique. Jason, thank you so much. Andrew, thank you so much. Everyone in the Ember community, Have a happy new year. We can't wait to see you in this amazing quarter. Take it easy, guys.